Hello, digital marketer listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am your co-host, Mandy McEwen, and I am super excited today to be here with three badass W3 (laughs) marketers, affiliate marketers, geniuses all the way around. Cole, John, and Randall, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Awesome. So today we are going to talk about one of my favorite topics, Web3. And so we are first going to get into what exactly is Web3? Why do we need to be paying attention to it as marketers? So what exactly is it? Do we need to be paying attention to it now? Is this something that we can wait on? What does the future look like? How does this impact us as marketers, as brands, all the things? And so that is exactly what we'll be talking about today. This is Digital Marketer. Hey, it's Marky Grass here, and I've got a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your site? Seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully retarget your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. So that means that you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. It might sound too good to be true, but trust me, it works. The CEO, Adam Robinson, is brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for digital marketer listeners. If you go through their easy 30-minute onboarding process and haven't 5X your investment within the first six months, they'll give you all of your money back. To take advantage of the offer, go to getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. That's getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. So let's get into a little bit about you three specifically. Can you just give me a quick rundown on your bio, your background, specifically as it relates to Web3, and then we will get into it. So John, you can start first. Yeah, so thanks for having us again. Yeah, I started my business career in the investment holding company side of things, and I worked for one of the largest investment holding co's in all of Southeast Asia for a company in Indonesia called Rajawali. And they had portfolios in every industry you can imagine. But I spent a lot of my time focused in the real estate side of things, which was a $2 billion portfolio where I really got thrown into the fire and learned a lot of things on the fly. We did anything from opening hotels and resorts to finalizing operational tasks, like what does the menu look like there? And so that's where I got my feet wet in business, fell in love with it, and really started to love the idea of marketing, which is what led me to internet marketing. And over the past couple of years, I've really been diving into the things, all things Web3, specifically in the DAO space. And I know the other guys will touch on that a little bit, so I'll leave some for them. But yeah, so we've been working on Affiliate DAO for about a year now, and we're really excited for what it holds in the future for us. Awesome. All right, Cole. Yeah, I've been in the uh, digital advertising, internet marketing space for the past, gosh, well over a decade now, and done a bunch of stuff in and around this whole space from building an ad agency in Dallas to a handful of ad tech projects. But 
my primary background really is in building direct-to-consumer brands online. We took one of our last companies from zero to mid-eight figures in about 18 months, utilizing that e-commerce direct-to-consumer business model. And it's been a blast because I've been able to be a part of that space really since the early days back in the mid to late 2000s. There's a group of us online at that time, probably no more than 30 guys, anyone who was doing high volume physical product sales at that point in time, we invited to be part of this group of elite marketers. Because at that point, there's there's no way to learn this stuff unless you knew someone who's already doing it. There was no digital marketer. There were no courses on this stuff. It was the really early days of e-com. And so a lot of the guys in that group, I say high volume, we're doing 10, 20, 30,000 sales a day. I mean, multi-million dollar days because there was just so little competition online at that point. And so few of us who actually understood how the logistics worked, both in terms of the ad channels as well as the physical product logistics. And so fun time to be online. Went from doing a lot of that stuff over the years to back in probably 2017, had a project that we were working on to create a blockchain protocol for the digital advertising space that would create a kind of a standard for the advertising for the ad tech world. Brought in top 10 advertisers in the country, Amex, top 10 publishers, Yahoo, AOL, Meredith Group, a lot of those guys, and got kind of the who's who of the ad tech world into a room in Washington, D.C. to just have a discussion, okay, what does the future of this industry look like as it relates to Web3? And I think we're still very early at that point in time. And so the conversation didn't end up turning into an actual protocol back then, but that was the entry point for me to get into Web3 and really jump in full force. So I've been following DAOs from a high level since 2016, about a year ago, just decided to jump in and start figuring out, okay, how do you actually build a successful DAO? It's gotten to the point tooling-wise where we don't need to, you don't need to be a Solidity developer to build a DAO now. So with that, I'm not a developer, I'm not a techie. How do we jump in and start building these things ourselves? And we can get into that later, but I'll let Randall give a little bit about his background. Awesome. Go for it, Randall. Yeah, actually, I started in marketing in the music industry, and I transitioned into working digital marketing a little over a decade ago and, and working product launches, both digital and physical, mainly in the wellness space, but also in the like personal development space as well. Funnel strategy, conversion rate optimization, site optimization, all, all the fun stuff. All the fun stuff that you always <laughs> talk about. And I think what I found in terms of the brands that really seem to make. I think the ones that I've consulted with over the last three years, we've done about 55 million or so, and it's really small dollar product, nothing, none of the, the big high ticket offers. And I think what I found interesting about working with authors and influencers is that their perspective of marketing is slightly different than some of the other D2C brands where their community is so important in keeping them engaged. And I think that's different than a lot of the churn and burn stuff that you see out there. And what is interesting about that and Web3, which really piqued my interest, is the connection between community, community building, co-creating, and engagement, which I think is the foundation of Web3. And the project we're doing specifically, which is a DAO, that is really based on how to build co-create and build consensus within future organizations. And it's very different than a top-down approach of most of the current business models and brands that you see. So the idea of, say, from music marketing, of how important it is for bands to keep their audience engaged, how do you keep people coming to concerts? How do you have a brand like, say, what Grateful Dead has done? where their logo has been around since the 70s and 
yet has deals just in the last, what, 10 years with Nike? And how do you create a movement like that? And similar to with thought leaders and authors, how did they create those movements, right? And how did they create those long-term followings? And as that transitions into Web3, how do people, how do brands, how do businesses now and how do digital marketers now who are working with these brands, how do they look at community differently based on this new technology? And how are they going to incorporate that into the strategies they execute on? So you three, you obviously saw something, right? Like the reason that you you spent your time and your resources in launching Affiliate DAO is you see something here. And so can we talk about just the impact in general of Web3 and the marketing industry and affiliate marketers? Because obviously you guys are on the forefront of this, but I want our listeners to know why this matters. Like why the hell did you three even go in on this right now, right? Like what does the future look like and why should we as marketers care about this right now? Yeah, I think I can start the conversation around that. I think one of the main reasons why we chose Affiliate DAO is because we saw the need for marketing in Web3 more than any other need that projects are having. You have these amazing concepts, these amazing products that Web3 creators are building right now. And their biggest pain point is not having the access to professionalists or prolific marketers. It's like, that's one of the hardest things to get inside of an early Web3 project. And so we saw that time and time again, as we were doing research, as we were joining these DAOs to be contributors to learn the inner workings of them. And there's a common thing going around Web3 right now. And the saying is, win marketing, win marketing. And it's one of those slogans that every community says, because they have these amazing communities, these awesome concepts, this technology that is just waiting to get out to the world. And as we know, it's like that takes marketing expertise. And so while there's so much more to learn for Web3, I think it's something that marketers really shouldn't be afraid of because I think it's the frontier and the gold rush for marketers right now. And I say that because there is need at every single corner you go to as a marketer. And so with that is a lot of opportunity. And so as soon as marketers can get away from the fear of having to learn what these new terminology, what the new terminology is in this new industry, it's like, if you can harness that, learn those things, you will have opportunity that you'll have to say no to because you can't keep up. And so I think that that's one of the reasons why we chose marketing in general is it solves the largest pain point for Web3, but also it solves a huge pain point in Web2 marketers. It's like we'll be able to educate and equip marketers to jump into Web3 very seamlessly. And so I think that's one of the things that's most exciting to us is being able to solve these huge pain points in two industries that we love. Can we give examples of that? Like, I feel like it would help for people to hear examples of like us as marketers, affiliate marketers, I want a use case of like why this, you know what I mean? Like given the short future here of like give an example so that we can kind of wrap our heads around how we would use this as affiliate marketers, for example. Yeah, I think one of the best case studies that probably lays the foundation for understanding a big portion of what we're doing at Affiliate DAO is the case study of a group 
there's a group, uh, they go by the name of Friends with Benefits. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that we were going to take that turn today, Cole. Okay. New conversation here. Exactly. No, they get their name from this hypothesis that they had of, hey, we can all be friends like we are on any digital community, whether it's Discord, Slack, Skype, social media, wherever we gather digitally as a community. But when we implement a social token into our community's interactions, then theoretically, we should be able to place a value on our community that can then be bought, sold, and traded on the secondary markets, therefore creating the true economic benefit to being in relationship, in community together, and being friends, hence the name Friends with Benefits. And so what they did was they installed their own native token into their community. called They called it FWB token. And instead of paying dollars to get tickets to their events, you had to pay an FWB token if you want to get access to their social events with them being a social club. Instead of paying for a membership pass in USD, you had to hold 75 FWB tokens in your crypto wallet to get access to their community on Discord. And so what they did by doing this was created a micro economy within their community that ultimately took their market cap from zero to 193 million over the course of six months with less than 1,500 members. I mean, absolutely crushed it. And I think what you're going to see is the bedrock of Web3 is going to be tokenized communities. And so you got A16Z just raised a $4.5 billion fund to invest into tokenized communities, DAOs, and the ecosystem that supports them because they know that that's where everything's going over the next 10 years. I think that right there, what Friends with Benefits, was the birth and the genesis of what we know of today as the social DAO. The idea that you can now place a value on a community of people who are all coming together to pursue a similar goal. And so that's, I think, probably one of the greatest examples to explain what we're doing. That social DAO concept is what we set out to build with Affiliate DAO to aggregate the top players across the affiliate marketing industry globally into a single Web3 tokenized community as a social DAO. That ended up transforming into part social DAO, part tech slash protocol DAO, which we can get into later. But the foundation of what we're doing with Affiliate DAO is to create a community of affiliate marketers at the intersection of Web3. So, Randall, before we hit the record button, you were giving some good analogies of we were talking about kind of the infancy of social media and when it came about, right? And you were kind of saying how Web3 and X amount of years, 10 years or less, it is going to be like as disruptive as social media was to the internet. So can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, I think the big picture for marketers to understand is relationships with brands are changing and you have to know how to navigate that. Just as when social media entered the picture, brands had to figure out how do we use social media? There was a generation that grew up on social media and how do you reach them? And when you talk to kids today and you say, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? They want to be social influencers. They want to be YouTube influencers, right? That didn't exist. And so that's where they're growing up. And that was the environment in which they grew up. And as people transition into Web3, it's going to be a whole different environment. So right now you're looking at maybe 300 million people a day in the metaverse and only just three different games, Minecraft, Roblox, and Fortnite. And that's not even all these other places that people could be spending their time in the metaverse. And so there's a radical shift happening in how people are going to think about the world. And that is going to impact the relationships that brands have to have with their buyers. And as marketers, we have to understand that so we understand how to change with this new media. 
basically a new media that's coming along. And when you look at how we had to shift to social marketing and, okay, how we used user-generated content, how we started using social ads and influencer marketing and really talking directly to the consumer and having brand ambassadors, all these things that came out of social media, that was a socially native generation. And we needed to use social media to reach them and sell them. And yet it's older generations who were reaching and buying on those platforms as well. And so marketers need to understand that same shift is happening now. And this Web3 native consumer, we're going to have to start talking to them because I think they're saying in about 10 years, that Web3 native consumer is going to basically have the same exact spending power in the marketplace as both their purchasing power will be equal to like boomers and Gen X. So that's amazing. We can't wait 10 years to be in that game. And if you look at just the investments, as Cole had said, like they're saying in the next two years, there may be 800 billion in NFTs. And when you look at the first half of this year, huge corporations and financial institutions, what are they doing? They piled over 100 billion into metaverse investments. Like they know this is happening. You have pep, big brands, Pepsi and Budweiser and Adidas and Nike, you have all these brands jumping in, figuring out how do they do things within the metaverse? How are they launching NFTs? How are they working with celebrities on these projects? And I think it's that same type of thought process that these big brands, they see the shift that digital marketers now need to understand so they can start having these conversations either with the businesses they run internally or with the brands that they do digital marketing or strategy for. The biggest thing is how do we reach and how do we use these new technologies properly and how do we reach people who are using them now, which is already way bigger than we think and is only going to grow, right? To make it super simple, when we think about DAOs, which is for a lot of people just a confusing name, think of when we jumped into Clubhouse and there were these groups in Clubhouse and people are just having conversations, what comes of that, right? When you have private Facebook groups, they're just ways for people to come in, socially interact, have conversations. But if you turn that into something where people can take on different roles and suddenly come up with new ideas together and stewarded those forward, that's basically what a DAO is. And so how will digital marketers now say, who are focused on building email lists and building social followings, how are they going to use these tools that are available right now, not five years from now, right now, how can they use these tools and this new traffic stream to basically add another revenue channel for their business? And so whether it's a DAO and that becomes, if it's from the simplest perspective of someone who has a business now or has a following now, how are they looking at these new traffic channels like Discord or Telegram or like they're coming out and they're coming fast. And so that's the idea is, is how do we start using those and transitioning what we're doing now in a way that can add another whole revenue stream for businesses and a place for people to engage. And the more people are engaged, those communities are going to be way more valuable. And that's why they say DAOs, Web3, this is going to be the creator economy of the future. And I think you're looking at right now the disconnect and just to go back into why we're doing what we're doing. And historically, where the transition point is, I think we see that there's a there's a gap where 
marketers right now are trying to figure out, okay, like people have looked at crypto, they see it go up and down, they may not understand it. People look at NFTs, okay, are these just art projects that are totally blown out of proportion? Like, should we even be investing? Is that risky, right? Like people just don't know. But the big difference is the idea of utility. And what do these things equal if it's not just an art project, right? And so when you start having those conversations and you see people who, like Gary Vee, who has VCon this past year, and in order to get in, you had to own an NFT. But that NFT has utility. It's not just your ticket this year. It's your ticket for years in the future. But if you don't want to keep it and you don't want to go, you can sell it just like a sold-out concert ticket and probably make money. But you're not only making money, Gary Vee's making money again. And so... There are usage cases, there are companies right now launching NFTs that go with their products, right? And so you have these big brands, okay, I'm going to have a fancy Versace or Chanel bag, and I'm going to have a special NFT that goes with it. But those may not have enough utility with them yet. And whether people change the name of NFT or not, like that may not be the name we're using in the future for all of these different use cases and utilities, right? That these things can can use but digital marketers right now can say okay if i'm selling this physical product how can i get more engagement from my followers and build a bigger following by using nfts how can i how can i use nfts to get people into my live events into my memberships that have like a monthly membership fee how do i give them special access with this how does the NFT right now work if I'm doing a digital product? And how does that incentivize people long term? And I think it all comes down to new revenue streams that actually give our brands a way to create larger engagement, but also have the purchaser who has more incentive to engage and be part of that brand and that relationship because they win, right? Like if you own an NFT you win when that price goes up. If you own a piece of a DAO, you have equity within an organization, and that DAO is successful, everyone who's a part of it, it's like a rising tide lifts all boats, right? Everyone who's part of that will be able to benefit. And the question right now is just how do marketers make that leap to start incorporating these things that they don't fully understand, but there are usage cases, as Cole was saying, Within the social communities, there's plenty of usage cases within just the NFT side. And if you combine those together, marketers have a whole new sandbox to play in. Can we talk about, though, that it is so early that you mentioned the purchasers, the buyers here on, on the other side of this. I feel like there's hesitancy because people don't understand this, right? So when we're talking about Gary Vee, he's got a bunch of... 18 to 25 year old bros. Okay. That's his target market. So it makes perfect sense why he's crushing it. Right. And they understand this, but that's his target market. So when we're talking about like the rest of the population, who's not Gen Z, not millennials, not super youngins that live on TikTok every day and know this world, like how challenging is that going to be for people at marketers that don't have that target market? Right. Like they're selling to people that might be 
35 plus, 40 plus years old. And I'm not trying to like put an age on this, but this is just the reality right now is like a lot of people don't understand this, especially when we start talking about the older generations. And so how do we deal with that? Like, is it even worth it for some people to go down this route? If their target market, they have this big audience, but they're so confused with Web3 in general that they don't even want to touch it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think where we're at today in the cycle is it's like being getting a Facebook account in 2006, right? It's still so early. Yeah, I mean, you've got, you do, you have to be aware of who the demographic is that are on these channels currently in order for it to make sense. Ultimately, long term, other demos will hop on the train and join. But I think you're absolutely right. I think you do have to be aware of who you're going after and make sure you've got somewhat technically savvy audience. Otherwise, I think. Because right now, the onboarding to Web3 itself is a foreign concept to most people, right? Getting a Facebook account, right, in 2006 was a foreign concept to most people. But then all of a sudden, it becomes second nature to everybody. And so we're at that phase right now where I think you're right. I think you just have to be aware of, does the demographic that you're trying to target have the ability to learn this stuff at the point we're at right now? And is this the best channel to reach them through? Randall might have some different thoughts, but... Well, I think that the transition is happening. I mean, I I think the concern is obviously valid. It's one that part of the reason that we had to switch from just a social DAO, as we had started out creating to part protocol DAO, is we realized that technology didn't exist yet, in our case, affiliate marketers, to really utilize Web3 revenue streams. And we didn't want to wait for someone or for five years down or something for that to be created. So we created it. And I think that is part of where people have that gap to getting up and running in Web3. I do think, though, that it's going to shift faster than we realize. And if marketers aren't having the conversation now, it's going to be a catch-up, period. And I think that's because... Instagram, you see they launched their NFT integration not long ago. And if the big players start bringing this into their tech stacks and start bringing this into their experiences, it's going to very, very quickly move out of what you're saying, like the bro cave. And it's going to really quickly become, it's just like when, when I found out my mom had a Facebook account. So I'm on Facebook. You realize, I mean, it wasn't as early as the early adopters say my parents weren't shopping on Amazon as early as I was, but when it's made easy for them, then, you know, I think the trust factor where you see crypto going up and down and whatnot, I think once people realize that stuff aside, there is a base around the web three technology that's moving forward and that is shifting everything. And so I think we have the same conversation in, in six months, say, just as with us creating this DAO, the technology that's changed in that time period, we just keep hearing about, we wish that existed, right? And so I think if we had this conversation in six months, you there'll be so many things in existence that weren't, because people are working on it right now, to make that easy jump for a first user. And I think the other thing is, Right now, people are able to buy into Web3 using their credit card. And that was a huge thing beforehand. Like everyone was, oh, how do I set up a wallet? What's a wallet? Is that safe? Get into 
conversations. And it's just like when you're talking to an older generation and it's like, you know, I can't get this video to work on FaceTime or something, right? Like there's a disconnect in technology. And so Web3, as John mentioned earlier, when marketing, like the technology and the geniuses behind all of this technology, that's what's coming in now. Like that's what's coming. How do we explain this to people in a way that they can understand? How is it that people will trust this new technology and how do we make it easy for them to adopt it? And so I think as you see the transition, I think it's really this year building into moving into the masses. And when you realize the number of people who are there, like there are millions of people every day meeting in virtual offices. I mean, it's mind blowing. And those people aren't the younger crowd, right? Those are probably people in 30s, 40s who are every day putting some hours in a virtual office to meet with people because that's available. And so these things are happening in a way that, again, the full mainstream isn't fully knowledgeable about, but as soon as it suddenly hits that curve, it's going to be just like Zoom. Like how many years were we using Zoom for meetings before suddenly COVID put it where everyone was using Zoom for meeting. And it wasn't just people within a certain industry saying, oh, yeah, I have this Zoom. Yeah, I think the reticence around the adoption of it is going to shift when these integrations into what people are using every day, and that's what's happening now, start getting to a, a much bigger piece in the next, I would say, just I mean, it's every week there's something announced that is game-changing. And that's what's also exciting about it. Yeah, I think the lesson here really is like having the expectations now that knowing this ahead of time, knowing your audience, knowing that this is in the infancy, and it will be mainstream. It's just you can't expect to launch something like this to your audience unless they are super tech savvy in a certain demographic and expect it to go crazy right out of the gate right now. And so I think it's just like making people aware of that. And because I heard a podcast and a guy launched his NFT to his audience and he said and he is an affiliate marketer and he said he made the mistake of not sending a survey ahead of time and even asking them if they wanted it. He's like, I spent all this freaking time and resources creating this NFT and none of my list even wanted it. You know, they didn't even know what the hell an NFT was, you know? And so it's just one of those things of like having that awareness right now that this is in its infancy and not all of your audience is going to understand it, but doing something now to get you started. So like you mentioned, Randall, like you're not going to be stuck behind and having to catch up when everyone else is on the train because you waited too long. So I think it's just like that knowledge and understanding of where it's at right now, but knowing that this is happening and it's not going away. And that's well said. And I think the utility of it is where it's important. Like I don't, in terms of the project you're running, there are, uh, Cole and I and John talk about a lot because we see all these NFT launches that don't have utility. And so you've seen a lot of, I think there's a big glut you know, some people are talking about crypto winter. I think there's a big glut in the space as people saw this new frontier and figured, hey, everyone can mine gold so easily in it and so jumped in. And in some cases, there's a complete disconnect, as you were saying, between having something and having something that actually people want or people will use. And I think that's also the shift. Again, whether we call them NFTs in the near future, it is the utility of it. So that is the way that people get into your live event. But not only do they get into your live event with it, but 
it gives them several events. Maybe it gives them also access to some type of one-on-one. Does it give them access to some type of pre-purchase on new products? Does it give them access to other types of perks? Like utility is going to be super important within these projects. And so just throwing NFT out there, but I think without the utility behind it, that's where, again, there's a glut in the market and not everyone can be a TikTok star and not everyone can, right? Like you can have tons and tons of content out there that is not really going anywhere. I think in in Web3, it, it will be the new creator economy, but it still needs to be just like you need to create content that people want. Yeah, and there needs to be a point to it. Like, what's the intention? What does it do? The utility behind it? Yeah, it's not just we throw up some, you know, random graphic and start bidding on it. But I think that's what people think, though. A lot of people think that is because of the NFT market and where it's gone and how crazy it's gone. People don't understand that there is utility behind this and they're actually a point for creating these. And it's not just some random pixelated weirdo dude that people are paying thousands of dollars for you know yeah i i think that market and having the terminology as it is is problematic for web3 and i think that is a marketing thing and that's where i think all the leaders in our space will have a hand in transitioning the industry because it's just like early early web jargon that nobody understood unless you were a techie and once you suddenly have easy ways to build pages and not everyone you had to learn coding. I mean, like once things were easy, it was very easy for people to jump in. And that's happening now in terms of there's new things out that didn't exist when we started in creating DAOs. There's make it easy to, to do NFTs. That stuff didn't exist. And so as it keeps, as the technology keeps coming out, as the marketers get involved to help the big brands do it well, to help the small brands get into it early. I think that's going to be where there's mass adoption to these things that allow the industry to shift quickly versus, again, like not understanding it. And I think a lot of the Web3 terminology just throws people off. But pre-digital marketer, even if you think about, okay, like tripwire. Funnel. <laughs> even the word funnel, you know. Before, amazing webinar funnels. And you've got all these gurus teaching all these things, it was all, it, it wasn't in a way that people could easily implement. And I think that's the shift we're seeing now. And I think this conversation is in many ways early because so many in our space haven't necessarily, well, there are a lot of people who jumped into crypto, but I don't think a lot of people have yet in our space really jumped into how they can start Web3 revenue streams now, especially if they're a right fit for their project or how to know how to create a Web3 web revenue stream for their company or for a company they work with that does work. It's like if you went into a company and created a totally mismatched marketing strategy and they implemented it and they weren't happy with you because they got no results, right? Like that is what would happen if, someone just said, Oh, yeah, hey, I consult with you, I've helped you build out your funnels or do CRO work, and we're scaling up. Here's another revenue stream, just drop an NFT. Like that's not going to really get them anywhere. So it's really understanding how can we create a new revenue stream that fits in with the list that we have? How is the list that we have? How can we 
grow that list in that community. A lot of, again, a lot of people are doing Facebook groups and trying to get people into private memberships and there's masterminds, there's all these things. How do we do that now within Web3? And provide as much value as you possibly can to your community. Like, I feel like that needs to be the premise of everything is like, why would they even find this valuable? Like, what added value are we going to give them that they can't get from somewhere else? Yeah, I think a lot of communities or a lot of brands you see, they'll take stabs at things and it goes nowhere. It's like, oh, we need to have, why don't we have anyone doing Instagram for us? Why don't we have anyone doing TikTok? Are we doing TikTok ads now, right? Like, that's where all the revenue is. And you have people jump around, but unless you have a strategy that connects whatever that medium is with the buyer and make sure it fits with what your community wants and needs, it's going to be a disconnect. So you can try to run Facebook ads to the wrong people. You can try any, I can try to do SEO. I mean, they can try to do all, implement these different tactics, but if they're not the right tactic and they're not implemented well, you're really not moving forward. And I think it's the same thing with Web3, especially when it's so early in Web3. So if people aren't able to take on the right, see the tools and say, okay, how could I incorporate this now? If my community, if my buyers of this physical product or this digital product are looking for X, Y, and Z, how do I provide that? But how could I add that within this Web3 revenue stream? And that Web3 revenue stream is going to be one that's going to only increase because of where the world is going. So starting now is going to be like when people jumped into Facebook early and the algorithm actually worked and you could for you as a creator versus it just being kind of like doom scrolling, right? Like that's where things are at now. And I think as people, you'll have one or two people who understand it, they'll launch it. And then everyone will be like, how did you make so much money? And then here's my formula. And then they'll go sell their formula. And then everyone will be on board. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. Yeah. What inspired you three to create Affiliate DAO? You know, out of all the the types of, of DAOs, you guys went the affiliate route. And just curious on kind of what sparked that. Yeah, I think prior to even maybe getting to that question, maybe for the audience's sake, we can take a step back and define 
some of these terms, because I think a lot of the terms that we're using are very new. I'm assuming most of the listeners probably don't even know what a DAO is yet. So yeah, let me take a step back and define some of these terms from a marketer's perspective, and then we can get into why the affiliate industry, why affiliate DAO, that I think a lot of the listeners are probably going to want to hear that as well. So yeah, I like to think of it from a marketer's perspective as like, okay, at the very outset of the internet, what questions were marketers asking in web one? You know, you have questions like, what is a dot com? Do I need a website? Right? What does that at symbol mean? Right? These are all questions that reflect web 1.0, which we know of as on disk, right? When you put the AOL disk in your computer, spin up the internet back in the uh, good old days. And what you saw was everything go from there into web 2.0, which we know of as online and everything moving to the cloud. And at the forefront of web 2, marketers were asking the questions of what is Facebook? Do I need a Facebook page? What's the value of getting likes and followers, et cetera, et cetera. Those are questions that really represented web 2.0. As of 2020, and I think what we're going to see into the 2020s, marketers are going to start asking these questions of what is an NFT? What are DAOs? Do I need to tokenize my community? Do I need to tokenize my products? These are all questions that I think relate to web 3.0 or on-chain, which is the internet rebuilt on top of the blockchain. And so when you look at it from that perspective, there's really three pillars that sit on top of the blockchain that make up what we know of as Web3. And those are going to be decentralized finance or DeFi, non-fungible tokens or NFTs, and decentralized autonomous organizations or DAOs, right? So DeFi being your the money of Web3, right? The financial mechanisms and strategies of, of cryptocurrency, right? That's decentralized finance. NFTs, non-fungible tokens, I think the easiest way to think of an NFT, because there's a lot of confusion around what these things actually are, is simply just a product that can be verified on-chain. So that can be a piece of artwork, that can be an event ticket, that can be a community membership, it can be a physical product, it could be real estate that has been tokenized, and now you've got a token that represents that product. So productized tokens. And what you're seeing in the real estate or the NFT market is fascinating because in 2021, you hit roughly a $40 billion market cap for NFTs. In this past year alone, we hit that within the first three months, and they're projecting that this market's going to be $800 billion within three years from now. So absolutely amazing. So people hate on NFTs, but the, the reality is the technology is here to stay. Regardless of what they are today, this technology is going to radically change the entire world and how everything's done. Anything that can be an NFT is going to be an NFT. Anything that can be on-chain is going to go on-chain, uh, and we can get into that a little bit later as well. The last thing, and I think that's very relative to our conversation today, is decentralized autonomous organizations. So if your DeFi is the money of Web3, and if NFTs are the products of Web3, then your DAOs are the organizations of Web3 or organizations that are native to the blockchain. And so, yeah, I think the simplest way to explain a DAO, like what is a decentralized autonomous organization, the simplest way is it's, it's a bank account on chain or a treasury that is controlled in a democratic and decentralized way by the community that stewards it. So that typically looks like various members of that community will put forth proposals on what they want to do with the funds. The community comes around and votes yes or no on, hey, I like that idea. Let's go this direction. Proposal gets passed. Money gets moved into that project and things move or no, and the proposal dies. So it's a, it's a decentralized organizational structure 
in contrast to the traditional hierarchy structure that we've got in corporations today, that I think what you're going to see is because of that structure, the decentralized organizational structure is a much more efficient structure than a hierarchy. And for that reason, you're going to see DAOs sweep through and radically disrupt almost every industry out there. So the Amazons, Googles, Facebooks of this generation of companies that are going to be launched over the next five years are going to be DAOs. So 20 years from now, when you've got these multi-billion dollar companies that have kind of dominated this era of business, they're going to be structured as a decentralized autonomous organization. And you're already seeing companies like Uniswap who are hitting those multi-billion dollar market caps that are DAOs already. So we're in the infancy. DAOs have only been around for a handful of years, yet you're already seeing some of these unicorns be birthed out of this whole new concept of a decentralized organizational structure. So would you, is it safe to say that they're almost like anti-corporate? Like it's like the opposite of a corporate structure? No, it's, I wouldn't even say that. I think it's not even a new way of organizing, but here's a great example. In a city, not every single citizen has to go up to the mayor to get things done, right? You don't have to run everything up the pole. There's a governance structure in place that allows people within the city to do what they need to do to start businesses, to buy homes, et cetera, as long as they abide by that governance structure. And so we all agree that centralization in government is not the most ideal way to do things, but yet in our businesses, we still run in a very centralized manner, right? So what this does is it takes the, is puts a, if it's done properly, you have a decentralized governance structure that shows people within the organization, here's how you operate within this organization. As long as you operate within these parameters, go do what you want and be free right? It's a self-managed company. And it sounds like chaos, but in reality, it's order on the edge of chaos that allows for things to move extremely quickly. And because of that, they're going to be able to outmaneuver traditional hierarchies that take longer to turn the ship. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. And then from a a technology standpoint, right? Like going back to my question on U3, what kind of inspired you to, to start this? And you mentioned how it doesn't take tech geniuses to create something like this. But for our listeners here that are marketers like myself and not so much Web3 experts, even though I love all things Web3, I'm not in it like you all, right? So this is going. This is over some people's heads here in, in terms of like, okay, so these companies, lots of companies are going to start, we're going to see more DAOs come up year after year. It's going to be the norm, but it's almost a foreign concept right now to a lot of people. And so from the technology standpoint, did you guys find it difficult to start your own? Yeah, this early in any cycle, and we saw the same thing when we were early on the e-commerce days. When you're early in an industry, the tooling is not fully developed yet. Sure. So <laughs> makes sense. You're, you're at the forefront. <laughs> you're the ones that are having to develop the tools. So there's pros and cons to being early. The pros, you're there before everyone else and you can get a, get a head start. The cons are that you're doing a lot of things manually and kind of making workarounds because the tooling for that specific industry doesn't isn't fully built out yet. And so yeah, it, it is an entirely new language. There's, when I was first getting into Web3, you're having to Google, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? On an ongoing basis and learn the language of Web3. But I think what you're seeing is that onboarding process to Web3 is going to get easier and easier as time goes on. When we got in years ago, a couple years ago, three years ago, whatever it was when we first started down this path, it was, yeah, very early. It was very new. There's not a whole lot of resources. As the industry gets developed, you're going to have the digital marketer of Web3 be established, who's teaching people how to do this stuff, who's creating processes and courses on a lot of this stuff, right? So yeah, in answer to your question, there is a learning curve, but I think that's getting easier. And even through something like Affiliate DAO, we're making that process easier for people who are getting into the space. Yeah. Okay. That was awesome. That was super helpful. So as we wrap up here, I want you guys to 
talk about the benefits of affiliate DAO for the marketers who are listening right now, the affiliate marketers. What do they need to know about affiliate DAO? I'm happy to kick things off and I'll have Randall kind of wrap up on this. But I think one thing that's worth mentioning that we haven't mentioned yet, and I think it's probably the biggest thing here, is that what we're doing with Affiliate DAO is we're really trying to create an industry-wide coalition that unites the whole industry as we move into Web3. And what we've done is aggregated the top players in the entire space onto a board of mentors that are going to act as the mentors within the community. And that's people like John Benson, Jason Fladley, and Stefan Georgi, Rich Sheffrin. I mean, the who's who of the industry that's really built this industry over the last 10 years. We've got about 75 of these people from the affiliate marketing industry, kind of the movers and shakers of this space, combined with the movers and shakers of Web3 and DAOs. So you've got people like Ryan Adams and David Hoffman from Bankless. And if anyone follows Web3, those are the media outlet for Web3 right now, the founders of that. We've got a handful of these other guys who have built these nine and 10 figure DAOs. And the idea of this mentor board is to put together the top minds from affiliate marketing, the top minds of Web3 and cross-pollinate the best ideas for what the future of affiliate marketing could look like in Web3. And so I think that's a huge thing that I think trying to think how to phrase this. The best way I think to relay it is an analogy that one of the mentors on the board gave us. And he said, it's like you guys are trying to plant a tree and you guys went and bought the tree. You guys were there to water it and to take care of it for the necessary period of time till it was healthy, but eventually it becomes the community's tree. And that I think encapsulates the vision for any DAO, but particularly affiliate DAO to where John Randall and I are the founders Ultimately, the goal is, as time goes on, is to fully decentralize this organization to where it's not Randall John and I's organization. It is legitimately the industry's organization to where we're not going and paying a private company to utilize the technology, that this technology is a public good that whenever anyone from the industry uses it, we're all benefiting, right? So it's an entirely new paradigm shift in how business is done that DAOs enable. And for the first time, it enables an entire industry-wide collective to come together and incentivizes everybody appropriately through the use of the token to work together towards a common goal as a collective. So with that, I'll probably toss the mic over to Randall and have him explain kind of the benefits and, of being involved with Affiliate DAO. Well, I think one of the big picture things to look at is, again, this is a web three approach, which is very different than how things have been. And so what the benefit is of Web3 in co-creating something together is that everyone co-owns it and benefits. It's like everyone having equity in something, right? And so the idea is, as we saw, like how are the biggest minds in marketing, how are they going to be using their experience and their know-how to transition into this revenue stream that we know is going to blow up in the next month after month. It's just going to keep increasing, right? Like, and how do we transition as an industry into that? And that was really the thought process behind Affiliate DAO. How do we bring the biggest minds together from Web3, especially on the DAO side, East side, how do we bring those minds together in a room or in a community with really the biggest minds in affiliate and direct response marketing. And then it, and then it just ballooned from there into bringing people like top people in paid traffic and top people in e-com optimization. And so this community just kind of snowballed on us and got bigger and bigger that even on the Web3 side, new usage cases were coming in. 
So it was not only suddenly like, okay, how do how can affiliates suddenly add a Web3 revenue channel to their marketing with what they're doing right now, whether they're selling physical products or digital products, masterminds, live events, like how can we give them help with a Web3 revenue stream that's only going to increase over time? Right. That was our initial thing. And we didn't have the ability because the technology didn't exist. So we pulled a top Web3 developer, a top affiliate marketing software developer. We put them together and we said, this is what we need to do. This is what the whole industry needs. How can we make this happen? And so that's what we've been working on putting together. But as a software, the DAO owns it. So everyone who's part of the DAO owns that. So like, think about everyone who uses Shopify owning a piece of it. Right. And then as you have different things, say you needed that software to do, instead of wait, you're waiting for something, some other company to put something together, there's a usage that someone comes up with because they're doing, they have this business opportunity or this great idea. Suddenly they can put it to vote within the DAO. Hey, I have this great idea, I have this opportunity, this huge business is doing XYZ and I have this thing. Can we make this happen? And then suddenly the DAO says, people in the DAO all say yes or they vote on it. And then that is the DAO then puts that into production, right? Like that's what's so cool about this. And I think when you look at that and then outside of that, where the opportunities exist for marketers that in, in especially consultants and businesses that are outside of that affiliate marketing realm, suddenly as we explained what we were doing and really what affiliate marketing was at the core to these different people in Web3 who are creating these amazing projects that are going to shift, I mean, really life as we know it in many ways, suddenly new usage cases came up. So suddenly we're talking to people who are in the metaverse and building out the metaverse. And we're talking to people who are in gaming. And they're saying, oh my gosh, if you look at gaming, you have, as we were saying, all these millions of people hundreds of millions of people every day in gaming who like have characters they own and weapons they own and have they own more clothing that's sometimes virtual digital clothing than they do in real life and so how do brands how do games how do we start incentivizing people right and how do you take a fan and become a brand ambassador but in web3 fashion how do you allow them to own a piece of that and that's where our technology comes in so suddenly we're having these big conversations with entertainment industry within other corners of Web3 that we never thought of, and I don't know that affiliate marketing as a whole has ever really ventured into. So what's exciting also about the project is it's it's going to change what affiliate marketing is. It's not just going to be within the affiliate marketing industry. It's not just going to be, hey, we go to some website at CNN or some influencer and they have a blog or they have something on social. And if you click on a link, they get a little commission. Like we're going way beyond that. And that's what's super exciting because people have very large fan bases or they want to grow them and they want to grow their community or they have email lists. And those people in affiliate marketing, you can have them become referral partners. You can say, hey, you love our brand. You love what we're doing. You love our products. But now in Web3, it's going to be a whole different way of engaging those people. And there's going to be so many new opportunities and business opportunities and revenue streams. And a lot of them will blow up and scale up based on the support of community 
that's what really Web3 is all about. Is, I was is, just going to say, that's why I love it so much as it is. It's the premise of community. And that's why I think it's incredible. And because that's everything that I do in my normal Web 2.0 business, not Web 3, is it's all community based, you know, and that's why I think I am so excited about the future and Web 3 is because like this is human to human community building here. And I think it's incredible. Yeah. And the community we're trying to put together, the idea is we have the mentors who these are these are people, Cole, John, I've always looked up to or we've learned from. We bought all their courses over the years. I mean, these are all the names. You see, you go to all these conferences just to hear them speak. And so we brought them in and we're excited about not only the type of training, both on the from the Web 2 experts and the Web 3 experts to be able to for any member of the DAO to be able to get trained and understand, okay, here's how I can implement this in my marketing stack now. Here's how I can bring this revenue stream into, like you were saying, like, well, how do people do it? Like, that's the idea. Like, not only that, but to have the conversations that are going to move the industry forward. Like, when we take some of these Web3 gurus and put them with some of the digital marketing gurus, and we start saying, okay, like, let's have a conversation. And they're working on something that no one's like understands this whole new, whole new environment or this whole new, let's think of it as a whole new, like marketplace, basically, like look, creating new marketplaces in many ways. Like, so new traffic sources, new marketplaces, how is it that they can have conversations with the marketers and come up with ideas? So it's not disconnected. Like we talked about before, there's a lot of huge brands and I'll say they're testing, right? They're testing Web3 by like, hey, we're just going to drop drop this NFT. But their tests aren't necessarily fully thought out or strategized versus the people like we talked about, Gary Vee or something, who understands and understands how do I create utility? How do I create something that's going to give massive value? How is it that I'm going to excite the people who are my fans to, to grow this way larger than what it could be right now? And so just those conversations alone that are going to be happening within the DAO that we're facilitating, I think are going to be, or we hope will really be game changing again, because one little idea can come out of that. And then the DAO can say, okay, let's fund that. Let's get that moving. Let's get that out to the marketplace so people can use it and adopt this into their marketing so much faster. And Mandy, I think really the goal for the community, at least, is to help transition affiliate marketers from Web 2 into Web 3 and provide them with the education and the tools they need to really capitalize on what I think we all see as the next gold rush in affiliate marketing and the next gold rush of digital marketing. There's just such a massive opportunity in Web 3 right now for those who are in early and those who get in over the next 12 months that I think is going to be, I mean, it's like the dot-com opportunity all over again. When you get into a cycle like this, this early, the opportunities are just endless and you can throw a rock in any direction and make a ton of money. The question is, where do you want to keep your focus? Where do you want to put your efforts into? And once you make that decision and go towards that path, I mean, the opportunities right now are just amazing. I agree. And that's one of the reasons that I joined Affiliate DAO is because I am so curious and intrigued and I want to know as much as I possibly can about this so I can capitalize on it for my business and be a part of something amazing. So I'm super excited about it. So thank you guys so much for all of us. Tell our listeners where they can learn more about Affiliate DAO and talk to you guys. 
I think the best place to get more information is probably going to be at affiliatedow.xyz. We're going live with the membership passes sometime over the next week or so. By the time you're listening to this, we might already be live. If we're not, sign up for the pre-launch list at affiliatedow.xyz. That's affiliatedao.xyz. And we'll see you guys inside the community. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. If you guys found this episode helpful, please share to your audience and we will talk to you soon. This is Digital Marketer. Hey, DM listeners. If you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up. Because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.